Katie, Claudia, and Ashley here with the All Tapped In Podcast, where we dive deep, laugh our asses off, and bring to you game-changing, science-backed practices and tools for upping your life in every area. In addition to sharing insight and wisdom garnered from our own life experiences, we interview guests who break the mold when it comes to defining success, spirituality, fulfillment, and really revealing secrets on how to get better and better as we age. Welcome to All Tapped In. Hi, everyone. I'm thrilled to introduce you today to Mr. Michael Hunter, our guest. We love his story. He's well known for being the owner of a critically acclaimed restaurant in Toronto called Antler. If he's coming to your house for dinner, you better believe he's pulling over on the side of the road to forage for mushrooms and berries and herbs for his epic meal. And he'll most likely fish or hunt for the main course on the way as well. And I'm not kidding. He's rugged, he's controversial, and you may know him as the guy who butchered a leg of deer in his restaurant window while being protested by a group of angry vegans. We love his passion and unwavering commitment to his craft. On top of it all, at the wee age of 36, he's the dad of two teenagers, he's published several cookbooks, and was even invited to the Joe Rogan podcast to share his approach for hunting, eating, and food creation. Welcome, Hunter Chef. Let's get to it. I told her they should call it wheat bellies and wine chins. <laughs> hey guys. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Hopefully you didn't hear any of the X-rated conversation before you got on. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was like so boring. We, we were wondering if, if you think this name would be good for a podcast, wheat bellies and wine chins. Wheat bellies and wine chins. I like it. <laughs> How's it going? Hi, I'm good. Going Thanks. Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm scruffier than you probably remember. You are, but it looks good on you. <laughs> thank you. It's uh, it's COVID laziness. Oh, yeah. I'm Katie. Nice to meet you officially. Katie, nice to meet you. Yeah, I've been into the restaurant quite a few times. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And this is Ashley. Hi, Hi Ashley. So nice to meet Hi. you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Would you want us to call you Michael or Hunter Chef? <laughs> Whatever you'd like. I don't Michael's think I've fine. ever called you Michael my whole life. What do your friends call you? Uh, my friends call me Mike, usually. Mike. Yeah. Mike. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, Hunter Chef is what rolls off the tongue. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> so. so it's funny because um, Katie, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. Katie's like, it's Andre's birthday. So um, I'm going to pick up some antler. I, I go, is in Hunter Chef Antler? And she's like, yeah, that's our favorite restaurant. I'm like, really? No way. Dang. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I didn't take the chance at doing the prepared at home thing because I think mm -hmm. it's elk and I'm not a right. cook really i'm i've started cooking with those like pre-made ingredients yeah. but other yeah. than that i'm not a cook so i had you guys make it and even <laughs> three hours later the whole yeah. meal was incredible it was oh, awesome so good yeah I'm so glad to hear that all the way back to hamilton <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well I, i'm sure you're going through the same uh, struggles we are having to close at the yoga studio so it's I, really uh, hard it's I know how it's, hard it is it's unreal. The restaurant yeah. industry and then fitness and yoga, I think it's, yeah. all, it's been hardest hit. And yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to me. I know for you as well, you think it's yeah. a little bit 
unreasonable um, because we, yeah. I don't for the culprit really. No, when, and when you hear things like Amazon Peel region had the 900 cases in their factory, you know, how, how are they holding us responsible and why aren't they shutting down these uh, super spreader factories? It's definitely not fair to hold the fitness industry and restaurants accountable for that. No, it doesn't make any sense. I like what you said. I saw an interview that you did on the news and you said, I'm not a medical expert and I want to make sure everybody stays safe. So I'm not yeah. going to, and that's how I feel. Like, I don't want to take such a strong stance where I'm saying, I'm going to open no matter what, this is ridiculous because I also don't yeah. want to be the source of an outbreak, but at the same time, the decisions that are being made by the people in charge are definitely not making sense. And it is killing us. I mean, it's been a year and it, I, I really yeah. hope Antler is able to survive. Um, Again, because it's one of my top favorite restaurants and I know it's your passion and it's your baby. So, yeah, I don't think we're going anywhere. I think we're, we're scraping by. We, um, we took out all of the business loans and the uh, grants and we're taking advantage of the rent subsidy and the wage subsidy. So I think we'll be able to get through this. It's just, uh, we're just all desperate that it's mm-hmm. going to be sooner than later. Okay. Can we do anything to help you? Let's order takeout. Oh, just the takeout. Just having yeah. me on, just having me on your podcast. I think is, <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we can help you out with both of those. We will definitely come pick up some takeout awesome. and some booze. Yes. <laughs> Has to be fun. You have takeout booze. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we have little cocktail kits. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Because I saw your story about buying. No, you were on the news around mm-hmm. buying all the alcohol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you become, should I just dive in here? Cause you know, there's yeah. so many things that I want to ask you. Dive in. Okay. So Michael, it's been like two years, maybe since I've seen you last mm. so in that time, you've opened a restaurant, put out a cookbook, I think got married. <laughs> That's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We'll have to talk about that. Been on the Joe Rogan podcast someone said you were on oprah is that a, a myth <laughs> that's is that an urban myth definitely a myth yeah that's definitely okay. an urban myth. i think they <laughs> called joe rogan the men's oprah maybe that was it. Oh, yeah for sure yeah, <laughs> um had a, a vegan protest yeah they protested antler once a week for 11 months and I cannot believe that it was over 11 months weekly. They must yeah. have almost felt like family members that you don't like by the end of it because <laughs> <laughs> every single week. Oh my God. Yeah, I it was brutal. Know it that, long. that is it was unbelievable. Brutal. Yeah, it was a very, it was a true test of, of, of personal willpower and trying to remain calm and not do anything, right. you know, too stupid and malicious. And it was, it was tough. They were taking any picture that I had a family online and, you know, posting it and saying horrible things. We actually had um, uh, a restraining order put on some people from what they were doing and saying online about my kids and stuff. So it was wow. just the whole thing was pretty, pretty freaky, especially when it's coming from people that say that they're trying to promote love and not killing animals, but they're fine killing me. <laughs> so. Right. yeah they want to see me die um so yeah it was that was really tough but um thankfully it's over now how did it finally end they just stopped coming one day it was very strange i think they they realized that they weren't helping 
they were they were actually making us busier and more popular and we just we were really stubborn and not gonna obviously back down or or give in to any of their uh, wacky demands and i think they just focus their efforts somewhere else so what did you learn from that whole experience like what did you take away from that because that must have been so trying um, when it was done yeah. what, like, what was the overall like <laughs> aha thing that came out of that um i think really just being true to yourself and we are really firm in our beliefs and what we're doing and we think we're doing the right thing and we really just stuck to that we didn't give in or, or be wishy-washy with our morals and we think we're doing the right thing here um, we have vegan dishes and vegetarian stuff on the menu um, not really during covid because we're our menu is very heavily reduced but um, we have some vegetarian stuff but we're not we're not doing anything vegan at the moment so it was really um I think what they didn't really understand is we have a lot me as a hunter and forager share a lot of the same morals that vegans do and that's i i hunt because i don't want to support the factory farming industry and i want to manage that part of my life myself i think that animals that are in the wild have, have a happier life than farmed animals and dying from a hunter is a lot less painful and traumatic than than dying in the wild if they're being eaten alive by a larger animal or pack of animals so you know, those are my beliefs and i just think that uh, these these people that were outside were too kind of short-sighted to see that um, because we, we both want the same thing. If they were protesting the government for reform of slaughterhouses, uh, I think they would actually inspire people. Um, but like picking on me and trying to be a bully to me and my family really wasn't inspiring anybody. No. Especially with the McDonald's right down the street. which Yeah, KFC, like there was a butcher shop across the street. It was just like comical. I, I heard a funny term that when you butchered the deer in the window, it was called an act of carnivorous ostentatiousness. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. I like it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now an outrageous expression of a, of a meat lover. Like, right. Yeah. That should go on the menu, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why we like you. And that's why we wanted to have you on. Cause you do, um, you, you do things, you carve your own path, so to speak, and you do things the way that makes sense to you. And that's the kind of stuff that inspires us. And you turn adversity into something positive for yourself. Like in this case, I'm thinking you turn the adversity into, I'm sure your restaurant became more well-known after this. Yeah, it uh, definitely is the, the silver lining for sure right we were busier yeah yeah absolutely i really appreciate your viewpoint too on your relationship to animals my my husband went through an interesting journey he was a raw vegan for a while mm -hmm. he got really extreme he actually became yeah. a fruitarian for a while wow. he was miserable yeah. and <laughs> he decided to go back to eating meat he raised an animal on a farm he killed it with a crossbow and he held it while it died and he sobbed and he butchered it himself yeah. and cooked it and ate it and i don't think a lot of people take would take that on we'd rather yeah. not see what's yeah. happening and just enjoy the food but he really felt like if he, he was going to go back into the world of meat eating he had yeah. to face the reality of it yeah no i think that's amazing and that you know really goes in line with my beliefs and i think if everyone had to kill a chicken once in their life they might eat less of it they definitely wouldn't right. throw any of it in the garbage if they're not going to finish their dinner they'd save it for leftovers or take the bones and make stock and 
I just I find that when you kill the animal yourself and go through all the the, the work in in hunting that animal and then cleaning it and butchering it and wrapping it and freezing it and all that stuff, I just think you have such a, a greater respect for that meat. And for me, I end up eating a little less because I want it to last longer. Mm. So the passion that you have for cooking and the intimacy you have with the natural world, where did this come from? And how old were you? Was it something you decided you wanted to do when you were younger and you just like love to cook? Yeah, it's really funny. I always loved food. So when I was a little kid, I remember um, uh, my mom, I grew up with a single mom. So she would take me to all of her parties and friends' houses. And I never really had a babysitter very often. So, and I just remember always being into the food and there'd be like shrimp rings and oysters and octopus and things like that. I was just like, lobster was my favorite. And I was like this little kid. So I was just <laughs> very into food. I loved a good steak and stuff like that. So, um, and then I grew up on a horse farm. So I really just, we had a hundred acres or something and I just you know remember running through the fields and with my dog and I, I just have a lot of fond nature memories and um, my first job I was 13 years old and I wanted to both my parents are entrepreneurs so I think I just I wanted to have my own my own cash flow and I wanted to buy things my mom didn't want to buy for me <laughs> whether yeah. they were like skateboards or shirts with stupid sayings on them and, um, you <laughs> bows know, and high, arrows high, yeah exactly high school boy stuff right um, so I rode my bike to a little gas station and applied to pump gas and the guy owned the diner beside the gas station and, and put me to work in there. Oh, really? Diner. Yeah. So that's, that's how it that's started. And I was, I was, I think they started me like deep frying hash browns and buttering toast for like the weekend. So that's where the magic started. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about the happened. hunting though? Like where, where did the hunting come from? Like, was that something you were taught by your family as well? Or did you take that upon yourself to? Yeah. To so that was a bit later. Um, I was, I think I had just enrolled in chef school and I, so I had, I'd worked at this diner, really busy diner when I was 13. And I think I stayed till I was about 15. And then I wound up working at a golf course. And from there in the, in the, in the off season, when it was closed in the winter, I, I was working at a fine dining um, country inn, and that's when I really started to, I was getting inspired by the chef that I worked with because he was, he was so passionate. I loved food and I was really learning how to make things. Whereas the diner and the golf course was you know, a lot of pre-made fast service type of food. Um, so I, I was really just inspired by learning how to make things like bread and pasta and salami and things like that. Um, and um, I remember watching the movie Food Inc, which was really um, yeah. instrumental for me and in, in learning about factory farming and and all chickens were just give given antibiotics in their feed whether they were sick or not and that's why the people weren't you know, responding to an antibiotic drugs as well as we used to and it was just sort of horrifying to me um, and I think I was like 17 so I, that, then I started an organic garden um, and then I, well, I think it was either 18 or 19, a family friend took me turkey hunting for the first time. And I remember he said he was turkey hunting and I was like, what? Like I, I thought turkeys were just like chickens, like domesticated farm animals. Right. Um, I had no idea they were like a wild bird. Um, and turkey's really great because you can compare it to something. So if someone gives you deer or moose or what, you don't know if it's good. Like it's just, you don't have anything to compare it to really other than beef. Um, but Turkey, it was just really fascinating how I was just blown away how different it was. Um, and being a young chef, I was just really drawn to 
the wild bird just like when we we shot one and plucked it the 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 skin was yellow the fat's yellow the meat is like a dark pink you know, like a chicken like thigh like the breasts were dark like that it was it was just totally different looking and then the flavor was just um, really far superior to farm turkey and i just i had seen you know food ink and then i'd gone hunting and i just thought i don't want to eat I don't want to eat anything from the store. I just I want to turn I want to turn back the clock a hundred years and just live off the land. Yes, live off the land. Yeah. Back to the... So and that's that's how it started, and it really it um it becomes a bit of an obsession. Like um, I just pulled my taps yesterday from from uh, my friend's farm in Caledon. The first thing I do in the spring is make maple syrup, and then. Um, when the snow melts all the wild leeks start to pop out and then morels and fiddleheads and then it's wild turkey season so i just i like live my life in these seasons love it mm -hmm. i love that about you my mouth is actually salivating while we're talking <laughs> <laughs> i'm like chanterelles turkey it's true the flavor is there's no comparison. I yeah. mean, once you've had good quality meat and good quality mm -hmm. vegetables, mm. it's almost like you can't go back. No. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's much more uh, worth it. Well, I'm, yeah, it's like Outlander. You should have your own show. That's what you should be doing in your off time. People should be following you around. Yeah. Watching. Right, right. I would do that. I'm too shy for uh, TV. <laughs> You'd get used to it. Maybe. <laughs> so do you find, is your passion for cooking, like, how do you keep it fresh? Because I know for myself, and this is common for business owners, we have something we love to do, whether it's baking pies or teaching downward dogs or whatever it may be, and we go into business and then we're doing it all day and all night, but then we also have all the other elements of running a business to concern ourselves with which is always way more than we ever bargained for and so how do you keep your relationship with cooking and with food fresh and passionate do you have other people managing the other aspects of your business or what's been your experience well um like you said it's it's just tough all around uh, we've got some really great staff here at the restaurant um even through the pandemic we've, we've been busy enough to keep our management team on um, and I have a business partner too to help me with all the admin stuff. We kind of split that responsibility up. Um, but then, yeah, just keeping it fresh and keeping it inspired. I I like really simple foods. So for me, um, I think just I like kind of classic, you know, recipes and classic pairings. And I think you know just executing uh, recipes really, really well is what is what I like. And, and what I, I aspire just to, to make whatever it is I'm doing just perfect. Um, so I, I, we really don't switch a lot up here. Like we'll, we'll switch things in and out of the menu based on the seasons um, and tweak things a little bit here and there, but uh, I, don't, I, I don't really follow the mainstream trends a lot in terms of um, the culinary scene. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. What's inspiring you? or has inspired you as of late mm -hmm. in your, in your world? Um, well, right now it's maple season. So we've done, <laughs> we're doing maple. <laughs> so we're working on some maple desserts and, and fun stuff like that. Um, I guess right now we're sort of, we're starting to look at um, the possibility of a virtual brand. 
Um, a lot of restaurants have, have switched to uh, ghost kitchens. I don't know if you've heard of this. I haven't phenomenon. heard of that. What yeah, so it's 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 a virtual brand. So we have Antler is our is our restaurant and our brand. We could create um, a burger concept or um, a barbecue concept restaurant. Name it something different other than Antler, and um, we can rent space in a warehouse or just open a location that's not necessarily open to the public. That is where all of our takeout services mm. uh, go out of. Um, there's uh, a Grubhub. There's a, there's a couple of these warehouses that one company owns, but they lease out space to multiple restaurants, and and that's where all of their takeout comes from. So you could basically create. Um, there's a big one out of the states called Mr. Beast, I think, and he's uh, he's a bur um, a virtual burger place. So there's actually and he's he's open locations. Um, or he's he's operating these ghost kitchens, renting space all over the states. But there's a, there's no physical building you can walk right. into and buy his burger. It just it right. lives on Uber Eats and DoorDash and Skip the Dishes. And, and, and sounds so, sounds smart. That's yeah, and just for this market we're in right now, it just seems right. it, it seems like a great way to test out um, new business models without really you don't really have to invest in a lot of um, equipment and stuff like that if you're just renting a small space. So, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's sort of what we're we're sort of dabbling and learning about these new opportunities. Interesting, very mm -hmm. good. And what's inspiring you outside of the world of cooking and food and? Um, not to be honest, not a, not a lot. I'm trying to force myself to read more. Um, yeah. I'm I'm trying to further um, my brand, the Hunter Chef, um, possibly with a second book. Um, I actually am working with a production company right now. They're they're pitching uh, a bunch of uh, networks to do a, a more um, hunting, cooking themed kind of a show. There you go. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really just trying to focus the hunting brand at the moment. And your love life? Are we allowed to ask you about that? Yeah, absolutely. My my wife is actually in Vancouver right now, so she's she's from Vancouver. Um, she hasn't she hasn't been home in six months. Oh my because gosh! Of, because of the pandemic, yeah. And and for oh. her, it was really tough because her job she was traveling once a month. She was always in Vancouver at her head office for about a week every month. So um, so the pandemic's really been hard on her because the companies cut their travel. Um, for all their sales reps so um so yeah that was i think we're the really hardest part on her and i think it was also hard on our relationship where we're used to having this week apart once a month um and enjoying that space to now living with the person 24 7 is uh is a little different so i think we're both missing missing that space and learning you know how not to get on each other's a lot nerves. of a lot of people are going through that right yeah now. yeah so Oh, Relationships sure. are being tested right now. That's for sure. Yes, it's definitely being tested. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, probably being tested. And I wonder, I wonder how many more babies are being born because of this as well. Yeah, yeah I would wonder what the data is on that. I don't know. I, I heard that divorce rates have spiked. <laughs> <laughs> I always go to the positive. Yes. <laughs> I wonder how many people are having more sex. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and your your daughter, your I think our kids are around the same age, but yeah. you mentioned that your daughter 
was in university which next year she applied she's yeah year. so yeah she she got accepted to the university of her choice which is very exciting and then um um my son is 11 this year so he's going into middle school next year unreal eh? yeah yeah. Are you having separation anxiety with knowing your daughter's soon to be gone? Or are you happy that it's happening? I'm definitely happy that it's happening. It's kind of just like uh, an oh shit moment. Like she's her next birthday. She's a legal adult. So that's, right. it's, it's exciting, but it's, uh, it's a little nerve wracking. She's a really, really good, responsible kid. She's nothing like I was when I, when, right. when I was 17. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm pretty confident she's, she's going to be okay. Yeah. And it's interesting, like young spring chick like you has a 18 year old. Yes. Well, I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> uh, how old are you? I'm 36. Oh, that's young. But it's amazing these uh, milestone moments that mark the passage of time, like your child suddenly going off to university or like me finding out that I'm menopausal. (laughs) 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 It's like, wow, okay, if anything was going to clearly mark like the beginning of a new chapter and the end of another one, this is it. Especially because you've always kind of feel that like 25, like for me, I, I haven't really... Like, I always just feel like I'm 25. Each year yeah. goes by and I get older and older. But, like, internally, yeah. I still feel... Like, my mindset is, yeah. Yeah, like, my, my mindset's like, yeah. there, right? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you. I agree. I agree. I feel very much like that. So, um, with this whole experience happening, and I know your restaurant's in Toronto, and I, and I know you have this wanting to live on the land. wouldn't be out in the wilderness, will you move or will you stay in Toronto? No, I, eventually I, I want to have a farm. My dream is is uh, something around 100 acres. Um, I would still like, like to be within commuting distance um, of the city, but with urban sprawl happening, it, it seems harder and harder uh, to, or you have to move farther and farther away now. Um, to get that kind of space. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure we, um, uh, we definitely thought about opening a restaurant in Vancouver or something in BC and, and having maybe a couple different locations around around the country. So that's um, more of a long-term goal. Um, but just financially, I need to be in the city for now yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, we like to, we, we always like to go deep with our guests and mm-hmm. that's, that that's the magic between the three of us is we love to laugh and we also like to have really deep talks real talks about what's going on in our internal environment and um so we like to ask the question is there something a challenge that you faced personally that you you could say overcame but sometimes that sounds a little too simplistic it's it's like sometimes something happens and it creates more of like a a paradigm shift or a shift in the way we relate to ourselves and the way we relate to the world around us. Everybody has them. We all go through them. And is there anything that maybe you would be open to sharing about your just overall journey through life and what's made you the man that you are today and your values and and how you live? Um, I think for me, the the biggest challenge I had was, um, uh, definitely being such a young parent, 
Um, and then also there's a lot of alcoholism in my family and it's something that I, I struggled with a lot in my twenties. Well, definitely in my teenage years as well, but, uh, definitely in my twenties because it's, it's, it's legal, it's acceptable. I was definitely a high functioning, uh, alcoholic. I'd never really missed work or, but I just burned down my personal relationships. Um, so for me, that was, uh, that was a tough one and took a long time to figure out, um, uh, actually, that's why I found yoga was I was going through sobriety and um, yoga was such a huge outlet for me to find some sort of spirituality and peace because my head was so crazy. Um, and I actually was I was sober for, for about five years. Um, and then um, it was actually when I opened Antler. Um, I was I was just like riddled with anxiety from opening a business and I couldn't sleep. I didn't I didn't sleep right for probably six months. And um, I actually start, I had a friend um, was taking medical cannabis and got me uh, in with their doctor. And I actually started um, experimenting with like um, indica oils and CBD oil and things like that to help me sleep. Um, which really goes against sobriety, but I was just desperate. I'd tried sleeping pills. I'd tried, you know, meditating, exercising, forcing myself to, you know, not sleep so that maybe the next night I would get a better night's sleep and nothing worked. So um, what was really interesting was that I found a, you know, strain of indica THC oil that really knocked me out and helped me sleep. And I just developed, um, I was able to develop some kind of a sleep pattern with with an indica oil and you know, cannabis is not something that I enjoy like smoking or eating. It doesn't react well with me, but a very like really small dose of this certain strain actually helped me sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and it was sort of using this product and being, you know, okay with with not abusing it. I started to work with somebody about introducing alcohol back into my into my life because I owned a restaurant and it was it was um, it was really annoying for me not knowing really what was on my wine list and not being able to pair food with wine so that was it was um it was hard as a business owner really not being a part of that side of my business mm -hmm. um, i slowly worked alcohol back into my life um, and it's i just found that after that five-year break and practicing yoga and reading lots of spirituality type literature um I was able to drink responsibly and not not have it ruin ruin my life like it had in the past. So, so you have a healthy relationship with with it now. Yeah, like I can enjoy a glass of wine with dinner and and, and stop there. Like it, it's not uh, it's not that's an issue nice. anymore. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, really interesting because that's not popular in the world of recovery. That type no, of approach. not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> uh, at all. Yeah, I'm a recovering. It's, pretty, it's risky for a lot of people. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And I can see how abstinence needs to be that black and white approach is what's needed, especially for a lot of people that are initially into sobriety, because yeah, yeah if you allow there to be a gray area. It's just too easy to slip back in. Yeah. But, um, but I, I talk a lot about addiction and recovery and I drink alcohol, but I don't touch hard drugs. I had to go to rehab and everything for, yeah. for my addiction. And um, sometimes it's been tricky, like trying to figure out how to communicate with the with addicts that are struggling and then also just being transparent and owning the fact that I do drink alcohol and, mm -hmm. and but I think it's becoming more accepted, sort of like a harm reduction approach yeah. or like you said, developing your relationship with yourself so that you can be more moderate and you don't get sucked into that like escapism and that 
yeah. you know, self-medicating kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is your recipe per se for not slipping back or to just keep things like keeping a balance when you mm-hmm. went back into that world? Like what was the advice you got or how did you manage it? That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, I, I, at the time I was seeing a therapist, so it was, um, I was definitely talking to this. I didn't just kind of go off on my own and, and figure it out. I was definitely working with a therapist. Um, and for me, it was really just, um, being conscious about what I was doing. So I wasn't, um, and I think a lot of it was just, I had, I was older than I was when I was having issues. Um, you know, my desire to go out with the guys after work and go to the pub, I didn't have that same desire. For me, it was more, um, I wanted to enjoy wine again with right. with dinner. So it was really just being focused on, okay, I'm, I'm having this glass of wine. I'm going to sip this glass of wine. I'm not going to chug a bottle of wine. It was really to, to taste it and experience it and, and um, just really being present with having a glass of wine um, as opposed to just drinking to self-medicate. So it was very, mm-hmm. um, very different than, my past and I think my past I I was self-medicating without even realizing it I just I wasn't even conscious to what I was doing it was uh it was a stress relief I was 25 and this is what everyone that was 25 that I knew did so it was um it was very unconscious I think yeah it sounds like you've done a lot of work the whole topic of of people self-medicating an underlying issue is so um interesting to me because I deal with it a lot in my jobs like it's a larger problem because you know, out there in general. So I, I feel you yeah, for that. And I feel for you with that. I get it. Yeah. And it sounds oh, like can... the, the mindfulness piece is really a theme for you mm. that slow, yeah. slow it down, be more intentional, be yeah. more present. Mm-hmm. But that takes, that takes work to get there, right? Like that takes. Yeah. It's, it wasn't easy. When I did have some, some hiccups along the way, it wasn't, I remember the first time I, you know, drank too much again and I was like oh shit this is a slippery slope right. where I'm I'm hung over now like this sucks yeah. like I don't wanna... but just being present with that like it's like okay well I drank too much well what happened what did I do wrong and mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to avoid it uh in the future so are you still doing yoga now um no and I really miss it I miss um I'm not one for working out at home I have like no equipment um I really enjoyed having a gym membership and a membership at a yoga studio. So I'm really missing um, the sort of physical aspects of working out and and practicing. I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. I don't have the space and it's, it's, I really love having an instructor and it's very different trying to do it off of YouTube video and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely miss that connection. I think we can help you in that department. They're going to okay. come back in droves. Once yeah. everybody's safe, I think yoga yeah. studios, gyms are going to be packed. Restaurants yeah. are going to be bursting, right? If we can just get mm-hmm. through this this period. Yeah. Yeah. Claudia, you should ask him ask him the questions that we love to ask everybody. I, 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 you cut out for me. Can you say that again? Oh, you should ask him the questions that we love to ask everybody. Sure. I can't remember. Are you? Do you have scars or tattoos? <laughs> I have both. There's a few. Have <laughs> both. <laughs> do you have any stories around any of them that would be interesting? Um, the scars are just funny. They're just kid um, scars. I was I was bit by a dog once. I, I think it went through my lip. Um, so when I don't have a beard, you can kind of see a, a scar on my lip, um, or just above my lip. Um, 
I was, I think probably eight or nine and my friend's baby sister yanked his dog's tail while I was oh. sitting in front of the dog and it bit me in the face. After you. Um, yeah. So that wasn't, wasn't fun. And then um, I have another scar on the bottom of my lip um, from when I fell off a fridge when I was like three trying to get the oh. cookie jar or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, uh, my teeth went through my lip, yeah. Um, but they're very faint and, and because I have a beard, no one can see. But um, right. yeah, and then I have some portraits portrait tattoos of my kids that I really like. Um, so, Do we see them? No. <laughs> I have to take my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth asking. Not today. Yeah, not today. <laughs> and I guess next other, time. So the Probably other question is you are what what are your favorite bands or band moments or concerts or anything really we love music, so we love to hear yeah. about how music inspires others. Even if you knew, like the soundtrack for your life, like if there was a, a, a it's a, it's a very hard one. But yeah. I was really stoked. Um, my wife got tickets to George Thurgood a couple of years ago at Massey wow. Hall. It was really cool. Um, I never thought he's like one of the kind of older musicians that I didn't think I'd ever actually get to see. Um, and I just, I love like the blues slide guitar and mm -hmm. he is like just incredible to see live. Uh, the Cure was a good concert a couple years ago. We saw them in BC, which was really neat. Um, yeah, those are, those are the last two recent ones. We had tickets to see, there's an artist from, from the States that was popular in South Africa and he didn't even know it. Um, oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah we know him. Yes, there's name? there's a documentary about him. Uh, yeah. That was amazing. It's on the tip of my tongue. So we had tickets and then COVID uh, canceled the concert. So was he coming? He was coming to Toronto. Yeah. No way. Um, so ugh, I can't think of it. Oh, I'm gonna look up his name right now because I yeah. know him. Yeah, the documentary is called Chasing something. Um, so Sugar South Man. Africa. Chasing Sugarman. Chasing Sugarman. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. South Africa. Um, like me, Claudia, Ben, my sister would go all the time. So um, Cape Town in particular, we have such a soft spot for because it's just really magical. Yeah. And then they would play him all the time. What's his name, Claude? Are you looking it up? Looking him up. I'm looking him the, up. The documentary was Searching for Sugarman. Yeah. And just... Um, Rodriguez, something Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah. Sixto that, Rodriguez. Yes. That whole story, yes. like his story is actually yeah. insane. Just but that whole album is freaking amazing. I yeah. love it. That's so funny you even know him. Yeah. So uh, random. That makes me like you even more. <laughs> I love that documentary because it's like, if anything, so awaken your belief in magic and just yeah. like really. It's it yeah like we get so jaded and hardened and then you 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 want to watch it with that attitude and it just cracks you open you can't, yeah. you can't help it love that yeah we love hearing about music that what people love because it's music is so key to just someone's essence so you mentioned you have a couple books that you're dabbling in what are you reading um, I forget the author's name and the title. I'm terrible. It's about screen time. So it's about reducing uh, your screen time on the phone. And, and I like, um, I like reading books about human behavior and psychology and stuff like that. So um, I really enjoyed the, it's called the brain that changes itself. Um, I like that one. Um, there's a book on addictions. that was really interesting. It's called the in the realm of Hung hungry ghosts. Mm, um, I love that book. It's, yeah, that's incredible. 
Gabor Mate, I think is the author. Oh, yeah, um, I know Gabor Mate. He's, he's addicted you. to classical music. Yes, he was buying <laughs> classical music and jazz DVDs really was his. And he also yeah. uses ayahuasca to treat his um, patient. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't, yeah, I don't know for depression. Interesting. Yep, and he's also huge on, um, this is where I first came into contact with him. He's He, he preaches so hardcore that kids need to be with their family first and foremost and if they're more attached in any way to a friend or a friend group or another family it's just or a daycare mm. or school it's uh it's massively problematic for kids so interesting um, that's how i first got exposed to him and i was like that makes sense you got to keep yeah. them the extended family and your and the first family keep them close and and that's their main priority and, and they'll they'll stay straight that's his whole shtick interesting okay yeah i like that I've seen him speak a couple times. I read his books. I do like him a lot. Yeah, he, he really helped me out of my addiction. And I've, I've done quite a few ayahuasca ceremonies myself. I was lucky enough to have my 76-year-old mom come and do four ceremonies with me. Oh, wow. So that was pretty special. And, and pretty weird being like high as shit next to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> It's like, cause she's very pure. She's just a yeah. wine drinker. She's, uh, yeah. you know, she's only smoked pot a couple of times and she yeah. was so fucked up. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, what was yeah. she doing, Katie? You're brave. I don't what do you I mean? Do that with my mom. I don't think I could do that with my mom. <laughs> oh. It was, it was, you guys know my mom. Like if anyone's going to do work with plant medicine, it would be my mom. Yeah. She's a yogi. She's been a yogi for over 50 years and really believes in like alternate realities and other dimensions and accessing different parts of the brain. So I think it was only a matter of time before she worked with psychedelics, but it was pretty special. But that I working with ayahuasca has been key for me in overcoming addiction. So, yeah, it's an interesting world, interesting realm. And I love that book in the realm of hungry ghosts. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, the Road Less Traveled is a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget the author, but my, my dad actually recommended that one for me. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like uh, psychology type reading. Mm. So I feel a little bit sheepish asking you this question, but we ask everyone, so don't take it in the wrong way. <laughs> I won't. Um, what's your favorite restaurant? <laughs> um, I like, I really like Canoe is one of my favorites. Um, my friend has a Spanish place called La Bora, which I just love. It's on um, Queen, no, sorry, King and Spadina area. Um, and he's on, he's on King. Um, he lived in Spain for a long time and he, um, his, his food is just incredible. Um, Il Covo is another really great restaurant on college. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I like really fun, authentic stuff where people are just passionate about what they're doing um, and there's there's tons of them in the city i also i don't eat out a whole lot i'm very busy and i cook at home a lot so um i don't eat out uh, a heck of a lot right girls we should totally do an order drive down to toronto and because claudia remember that one day we had to go to toronto for just a random boring appointment it was so exciting during covid we felt <laughs> like we were on a girls road trip member yeah. <laughs> we could oh, drive down, pick up the it. food yeah pick yeah. up the food and bring it back and do awesome. the, the wine pairings and the let's do that thing. 
we did with Andre, we did the two char charcuterie boards just for the two of us. We ordered two of them. Oh, awesome. And then we had, like, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. What's great now too, like with the nice weather that people can pick it up and just have a little picnic outside or mm -hmm. set yeah. something up. Last year we did, I, I bought, I love cycling and um, I've got a collection of bikes um, and I saw, I forget how it started, but I was, I, I I think I saw an old school ice cream bike and I thought, oh, that'd be really cool if we did an animal yeah. ice cream bike kind of as a joke, but because of COVID and then they let the city open patios, but we didn't have a patio in, in the beginning, um, I bought an ice cream bike. So then we, we branded it with antler branding and I ride it to uh, Charity Bellwoods and sell ice cream. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. Like it says, what does it say on the side? It says antler. So it, oh. it, it is a little confusing for people because they're like, what do you have jerky? Like, what are you selling? Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, Actually, that's but, uh, not a bad idea. Oh, I think yeah. the jerky idea would be amazing. Yeah, so we we wanted just to keep it antler in case we wanted to do like a wine and cheese thing out of the out that of the is just a big genius. Cool yeah. That is genius. It was really I funny. love that idea. We, and we made this video for it, and it went kind of viral. It was funny. Yeah, people love that stuff. Yeah. Everything you do goes viral, Michael. Seems it's like. a bit of a curse. We're just shit disturbers. <laughs> um, Hopefully, it will happen here too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so great. So what do you think, Charles? Anything else burning on your mind? Anything else you want to share, Michael, or anything you want to plug? Do you want to give some of your social media stuff out or talk about your title of your cookbook or anything? Yeah, absolutely. So the, um, the cookbook was uh, about a 10-year project that I, I bought a camera and I just really wanted to document what I was what I was doing. A lot of family and friends were really interested in, in hearing from me that I was foraging and how do I learn about mushrooms and what books could they buy? And there really wasn't a lot of stuff on wild food uh, I was trying to look for. So I thought I would just start uh, working on a book and it's about 10 years of photography and recipes and things all put together. Um, and it's, it's titled the Hunter Chef Cookbook and it's, it's available on, on my website. We're selling signed copies, um, thehunterchef.com or Amazon chapters and they go wherever books are sold they uh, carry it too um and then antlerkitchenbar.com uh, if you want to support us for takeout cocktail kits we have hats and maple syrup and things we sell too thank you so much for your yeah. time and your insight you well. yeah it's really yeah especially because you're so busy so thank you we really do appreciate it oh you're very welcome thank you for having me <laughs> oh we'll get some yoga to you somehow yes Please, if you're doing yoga in the park, let me know. I'll I'll drive out there. That'd be fun. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. Hey, everyone. Okay. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. 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 Bye.